Howard and Alcorn State are your number one seeds going into the MEAC and SWAC tournament, so let's do a quick overview of each team as we get ready. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, of course, Sam Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make a Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives right here at the bottom of the screen but if you're on the audio side of things don't forget the s on the end i'm going to tell you guys something i hate co-champions i truly i truly do i'll expand upon that statement as we continue with the show before that however howard allcorn state they are your number one seeds going into the MEAC. And then also the SWAC tournament. So we should do a quick overview. That's how we're going to preview. We'll probably do this over two days previewing the tournament. But let's first by digging into each of the number one seeds in each respective tournament. Howard is such a marquee team to me. Like they have a lot of star power. And we're going to break this down by three categories. A, what are your top attributes? Or four categories. What are your top attributes? Who are your star players? What's your biggest win? And then also a little something on the side. So a little three-piece and fries for you. But the first thing is their top attributes, and that's three-point shooting and facilitation. That's what they do extremely well. And you look at it, they have a high-powered offense, and it's no surprise because they do this well. When you can pass the ball very well, when you can shoot the ball from behind the arc very well, that's typically a recipe for a good offensive ball club, right? I think that's that's pretty safe to say. If you can shoot the three well, efficiently, and you can also pass, yeah, you're probably doing pretty good. So they are the third highest scoring team in the conference. And then they're also number one as far, or excuse me, not very far from number one as far as averages. When I look at their three-point shooting, A, they're number one in percentage. B, they take a lot. That's important. That's a very important distinction because they do a good job as far as making a good percentage, but then they also make a lot as far as raw numbers. You look at a team like Coppin State both last year, but then this year as well. Coppin State makes a ton of threes. I think they led the, the team or led the conference in threes the last two seasons, but they also take a bunch. Look at this year, for example. There's no team that makes more threes than Coppin State, not a single team in a MEAC. But there's also not a team that attempts more. However, there's four teams that make a better percentage. So just because you take a lot of threes and make a lot of threes does not mean you're really a great three-point shooting team. You just attempt a lot. Meanwhile, Howard is on the kind of has the best of both worlds where they make a lot, they make a good percentage, but then they also attempt a lot. See, you have people with high percentages but low amount of attempts. That's not as impressive as somebody who puts up 100 shots as opposed to 10, right? If you make one out of 10 and you make... 
I'm not gonna do numbers. I'm not. I don't feel like doing that. Uh, I was gonna. I was going to. But then as I was saying the numbers, I was like, you know what? Neither one of those are really going to be impressive. But the point is, the more opportunities for error that you have, and your percentage is still really high, the more impressive your percentage becomes. So that's what they do very well. And then you look at the fact they have three shooters. Um, Elijah Hawkins, Marcus Do uh, Dockery, Jordan Wood. Wood and Dockery make over two a game. And then you look at Hawkins at 1.9. It, it's a very slim margin. They're all around two pretty much. And that's how you see them be one of the best three-point shooting teams. And if you're talking about Elijah Hawkins, that's where the facilitation comes in. 5.9 assists per game. And this is where we start talking about the star players. You can't mention star players and not talk about him. You're looking at the leader in assists the leader in steals, the leader in points for the team. He does so much. And what he doesn't do, the slack, in my opinion, is picked up by a bunch of people. They have a lot of players. I, I just limited to two because Steve Settle, he's second in points. But then he also leads the team in blocks. He also leads the team in rebounds. He's 6'10 with ridiculously long arms, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm somebody who I personally, at my height, I like my arm length. So arm length sticks out to me. And that's one of the things I notice when you see Steve Settle on, on the court. This guy has ridiculously long arms. Biggest win for me is the last game versus Norfolk State, not only because it allowed them to clinch the number one seed. That's a big deal, of course. But then also because there was some controversy. There was a little bit of question about how the first game between the two, te between the two teams actually finished. Ain't no doubt about this second one. And that's what was so impactful to me. Because you'd be like, oh, man, if, if Howard didn't get this break or Norfolk didn't. All right, that's the first game. But when they play with all the chips on the line, everybody knows what's at stake. A win puts either team at the number one seed. They blew them out. They dominated Norfolk. As a matter of fact, they're the only team to sweep Norfolk this year. Howard has been phenomenal. They have a bunch of big-time players. I just named two of the stars. And they have some great attributes that lead to really strong offense. This is a straight or this is a great team that should be the favorite. They performed as such during the year, and I think that they should continue to be the favorite going into the MEAC tournament. One little thing on the side, I'll give you fries for you. They had a nine-game win streak, very dominant stretch. I think Grambling is the only team in D1 HBCU basketball to have a nine-game win streak as far as men's basketball. So rare company. Rare company. And this is another team that was really good. It's talking about Grambling. But they were not able to actually win the SWAC. The team that did that was Alcorn State. They're not very similar to Howard. They do have a strong offense, but it's done in a completely different way. And we'll dive into this as we discuss or as we continue Locked on HBCU. Before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best protein bar on the market, bar none. Listen, the Swiss Army Knife for protein bars will forever be their nickname because it's so applicable and so correct to me. If I just want a snack, Built Bar. If I'm about to go to the gym or maybe just work out, maybe you're working out at home, Built Bar. If I'm low on energy, Built Bar. I want something that's good for me that I don't need to hide and I can eat it tasty, Built Bar s'mores raspberry blueberry chocolate chip cookie dough cookies and cream so many different flavors they even have a protein bar that is filled with marshmallow and covered in chocolate in no way in no timeline in no multiverse does this feel like can you tell that i'm about to go see ant-man tonight anyway in none of these does it feel like that should be a combination for health but it is in this one in this earth right here you can have built bar a marshmallow 
covered in chocolate protein bar that's going to have low sugar, low fat, low carbs, high in protein, high in taste, high in demand. So if you want to go ahead and get it, just go to Walmart, go to Sam's. You can get them in person or because I like you, I'll give you 15% off if you if you use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer at Built.com. And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out Locked on College Basketball. It's going to be everything you need around the sport in one place, less than 30 minutes, in and out, highly educational, wherever you listen or watch your podcast. Now let's continue because we wrapped up and talked about the first overall seed in the MEAC, the standalone conference champions. Now we have the co-champions, but the number one seed in Alcorn, just kind of a prelude to what we're going to talk about in segment three, talking about co-champions versus standalone champions. Alcorn is not a star-studded team. To me, they are a get-it-done team. That's what Alcorn is to me because they don't have a bunch of flashy players, right? The star players that you jump at. They don't have, they're, they're a really good offense, but the way they get there is not the sexiest we're talking about big-time wins. They do have some nice wins, but they have a lot of close games. This is not the flashiest team, but they get it done. They get it done, and that's not a detriment to them. That's not an insult to them. This is a compliment. I really do like them. They are a good team. They're just nothing overly flashy about the ball club to me. Now let's look at their top attributes, offensive efficiency, and then also protecting the ball, not having a lot of turnovers not the sexiest thing right that's what I mean but these are their best qualities and it's one of the reasons that they have one of the better offenses in the conference since conference play has started no team has scored more points than Alcorn they have about 76 points per game and they've had a couple of really big explosions in there but that's what strong offenses do strong offenses have explosions anybody who has a high average in points I can guarantee you they have a high a high point, maybe a whatever game you want to talk about. There's something in where they just blew up. They had an explosive game somewhere in there that heightened their averages. I can guarantee you that, right? So, and that's all averages. The, the high ones are just the most impressive, so we talk about them the most. But offense efficiency is because they make a lot of their shots, first off, knocking down 44% of their uh, buckets from field, or excuse me, having a 44% field goal percentage, and that's second in the league. You're looking at second in the conference for that. But then also, when they don't make the shot, they get a good amount of offensive rebounds. So that's a recipe for success yet again. Just like Alcorn, or excuse me, just like Howard, they have their offensive recipe. Make a bunch of shots. When we don't make the shot, we get offensive rebounds. It's kind of like, that sounds like, oh, duh, that's what you want to do. But I'm not talking about what a team wants to do. I'm talking about what a team does. That's the ideal plan for everybody. Hey, we're going to go make as many shots as we can. And then the ones we don't get, let's get an offensive rebound so we can have second chance points and second chance points and second chance points. Therefore, we will have enough opportunities to where we should score a bunch of points. That's exactly what all Corn State does. They don't make many or miss many shots, but the ones that they do, they typically get rebounds for that's a really good offense. It just sounds so vanilla. It just sounds so duh. Of course, that's what you want to do. So then the other thing is protecting the ball. Nobody has less turnovers than Alcorn State. And that's the reason they have the best turnover margin in the SWAC. Because that's what they do. They protect the ball. You know what good teams do? You know what smart teams do? They avoid mistakes. They avoid giving the ball away. 
And when you're not turning over the ball, you're not wasting possessions. You, most of your possessions are ending in a shot because you don't have a lot of turnovers. So that's a good thing. That leads to better offense. And we already seen what happens when the ball goes up, whether it goes in the hoop or they get a rebound and they come down and go up with it again. We know what they can do. Smart teams, good teams, they avoid mistakes, self-inflicted mistakes. They protect the ball. Now you look at their key player, because for me, it's just one guy. It's Jeremiah Kendall. He just had 33 points against Texas Southern, which was a career high. It was part of his, uh, part of the week that got him the player of the week nomination, and, and not nomination, but award. You're looking at a really talented guy. He's been their most consistent player since conference play has started. Since swipe play started with Jackson State the first time, out of the 17 games that he's played, he's had double digits in 14 of them. And one was the last game, and he only played 11 minutes. So most times he's a double-digit score walking, and that's the most consistent guy for Alcorn State. So that's the guy I wanted to highlight because, to me, if you're coming in, you're like, I have to stop Kendall, and he's dominant or in the paint, leads the team and rebounds as well. That's the guy you say, I have to stop him, number one, no matter what. Their biggest win is versus Grambling State because their win versus Grambling is the reason they are the number one seed. It is. They and Grambling end with the same record. And had they lost to Grambling, first off, of course, obviously Grambling would have the better record. But let's just say that they still ended with the same record. Well, that gave them the tiebreaker. Because Alcorn was able to defeat Grambling, they, they won the tiebreaker of the head-to-head. So that's why that's the biggest win to me. And they only played one time. Honestly, if we didn't have a little bit left or the the the, the extra on the side, that would be a perfect segue into the next segment. But I maybe I'll bring it back. Uh, but yeah, the little bit on the side is that they've been in a lot of close games. And to me, that's going to benefit them, or at least it could benefit them. Because there's no moment I feel like that will phase them. They've been in tough competition. They've been in deep waters. And I know a lot of times they feel like they shouldn't have been. I get that. A lot of times they feel like they shouldn't have been in this deep water. However, they were there. And because of that, they're battle-tested. And because they're battle-tested, I don't think that any type of close game against any type of competition will ever phase them. They will always walk in to a close game and feel like we can pull this off. Why? Because they've done it a million times. They're the king of the close games, even when they don't want to be. A reluctant king of close games, but a king nonetheless. And what do kings do? They come up victorious. But hopefully not in that first game, because they face Texas Southern. But maybe that's the story for tomorrow. You'll have to tune in tomorrow and check it out. But the story for today is the fact that I think co-champions are stupid. That's it. As we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You see it right there at the bottom of the screen. And my New Orleans Saints have gotten Derek Carr and they have moved to the favorites for the NFC South Championship. And I just have a question for you. Do you agree? I do. I think that the team is so good. Uh, I think the team is well positioned, I'll say to make a run for the championship in that conf in that division and maybe even make some noise. How far do you think this moves them up? Go look at the Lions and tell me what you think about the Lions of the New Orleans Saints now that they have a new quarterback and the only one in the division might have add a little bit of inside the trading for you. But also, the NCAA tournament is coming around. You have the basketball playoffs coming, NBA playoffs coming around. You have baseball, hockey, all of these things you need to be checking out. They're all on the horizon, and FanDuel has every single one of them with the best odds that you can ask for. And there's only one thing left to do. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, make every moment more, and enjoy the no sweat first bet because even if you lose on your first bet, they're going to give you a bunch of money back in free bets for you can make some more money that 
喂。And that's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate you for making us your first listen and making it to segment three. So thank you two times for that. Y'all know how this goes. I cannot stand co-champions. Tell them how you really feel. This is what it is. I feel like I've spoke on it here and there a little bit, but I'm going to actually tell you why I think co-championships are actually stupid. Like they don't, they don't really make much sense to me. There's only one that I hate, and that's football. I, I think that co-champions in football should be abolished, right? That's just not, that's not in my, my brain. And it's what, what really makes it weird is that in college football, in college football, a sport that is allergic to ties, they'll play 15 million overtimes to not have a tied game. You're okay ending a season in essentially a tie? Now, granted, all ties get broken, and that's the reason it's stupid, but it doesn't even feel like you should have it. Why are we having co-champions? To me, co-championships are just a consolation prize for you to feel like there's a 1A and a 1B. There's not. It's a 1 and a 2. There's not a 1A, 1B, 1C. It's 1, 2, 3 because all the time a decision has to be made. A tie has to be broken. No matter what, you're going to decide who is actually the top team. Do you think that North Carolina Central ever walks around and says, we were Komiak champions this year? No, I highly doubt it. You know why? Because they were number one. You take Howard. This is no disrespect to Howard. This is just how I feel. You take Howard. They say they're co-champions. You know why? Because they're the co-champions. They're the 1B. But you know what comes first? A. Even when you're saying 1A, 1B, you're not saying two 1As. You have an order even within that. Let's stop trying to act like they're equals. They're not. North Carolina Central beat Howard. They are the real MEAC champions. Not none of this co-stuff. Not none of that. Because who went to the Celebration Bowl? Now, if I'm Howard, I'm using it as a, as a recruiting tool and all of those things. But let's be real for a second. The 2022 MEAC champions is North Carolina Central. It's not a share. It's not a share. And the reason I think it's stupid is because in a big conference, you'll never see this. And you'll never hear co-divisional champions. That doesn't sound right to your ear, does it? Because it doesn't really sound right and make any sense at all. That's just the truth of the matter. But when I say it as something that's unfamiliar to you, you immediately think it doesn't make sense. But when you say something that is familiar, you can rationalize it. The truth is, it don't make no sense. You were right when I said it, and it was weird to the ear. It doesn't make sense. In big, champ in big conferences, you have conference championships. There is no co. In small conferences, everybody plays everybody. Why are we acting like there's not a built-in tiebreaker? The other sports is tolerable. It's like, a, eh, I don't really like this, but at the same time, it's okay. Like, it, it is what it is because you look at a sport like basketball, Alcorn and Grambling, they're co-champions. But you know what? A decision has to be made at all the time, at all times. And you know who got the number one seed? Alcorn. Let's not sit here and act like we can't decide who the actual champions are. In, in sports like football, who goes to the celebration bowl in sports like basketball who's going to be the number one seed that's your champion you had to even if you wanted to act like or, or just put off the decision for a, a couple of days you had to make the decision at some time and it popped up in the tournament it popped up in who's going to go to the next level or next game i'll say the next playoff however you want to phrase it that's when these things pop up i don't get the usage for it because at the end of the day 
we still see who the actual champions are. Last year, there was a three-way tie for the women's uh, co-champions, right? There was three co-champions in the women's basketball running for MIAC, for the MIAC. I don't remember who all three of them are. I think it was Howard, Norfolk State, and I can't remember the third. But the truth is, the reason we don't really care is because Howard won the tournament. So regular season championships in sports like basketball are already a little devalued because you could be the worst team and just sneak into the playoffs or sneak into the tournament. And if you win the tournament, you're the champion. That's really the fact of it. So it's not as big of a deal because you're going to get a champion at the end of the day. But even when it comes to seeding, you can make a decision. So tell me this. How do you feel about co-champions? Do you agree with me? Do you think they're stupid? Do you think they're a way to just try to make everybody feel good. I ain't here to make everybody feel good. Should have been better. You should have beat North Carolina Central, Howard. Should have beat Graham. You should beat Alcorn Grambling. There is no co-champions for me. Alcorn is the regular season champion. And if either one of those teams win the tournament, they're going to be the champions. And nobody's going to talk about any of this co-stuff. You're just not. So what do you think? Did I, did I sway you to my side? Am I tripping? Am I a little too passionate? Am I on my soapbox? Am I just taking this a little too personal? I'm sure that you'll let me know. You always do. Matter of fact, I will pin this question and I'll ask you this. And this is only for my segment three, folks. This is kind of like exclusive content because I appreciate that. How do you feel about co-championships? Let me know. I'll be looking at the comments, but I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen make sure you guys are checking out locked on college basketball everything you need around the sport with expert analysis quick and easy as we get prepared for march madness and i appreciate on tomorrow's episode we're going to continue previewing these miac and swag tournaments because it that'll actually be the first day of games so i want to make sure that you guys have a little bit of a refresher or a little bit of lead in going to day, going into day one of the tournaments but in the meantime in between time if you're looking for me you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.